Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello again, and welcome to Crime in Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kingsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rupel. So, I love the summer a lot. The fall used to be my favorite but I think the summer's a very close second. Now, with that said, occasionally, every summer, fall, winter, and spring, we'll bring you a new true crime podcast about people in and around the music industry and their misadventures in the law-breaking. If you like music history, murder mystery, and musicians with poor publicity, you're probably listening to the right podcast, y'all. Y'all. So share with a friend. Tell your kin. Right now, we're trying to get into the South. That's why I said y'all. I wanted to relate locally. If you have friends in Kansas, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas is what I say. I'm sorry. I have, I have a thing. Arkansas or Mississippi. Hell, Georgia too. Send them your favorite episode. Tell them to give us a listen. Also, let us know how you're feeling. Our email is feedback at crimeandmusic.com. Find us on all the social medias at Crime and Music or my favorite way to communicate with all y'all, SpeakPipe. Go to our website. Scroll so hold down on, to hold the on, hold on. You're, you're getting way too ahead. You want to know how our audience is feeling? Yeah, man. Yeah. What the best way to do that is? With emojis. Oh, gosh. That's true. We go did get a lot of our- emojis. Go leave us a, 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 a review with all your big heart and smiley face emojis. We can do that. We haven't asked for this in a while, but yeah, guys, uh, yeah. reviews do help. So go to wherever you listen to your podcasts on uh, Pandora, Stitcher, iHeart Music, whatever, Apple Podcast. Go leave a review. MySpace. MySpace. Go to the MySpace page and like that. But leave a review with emojis. And um, one of these days, we will know what peach peach eggplant means. Exactly. Continue the read. Uh, we're good, man. Just want to let people know that they can communicate with us through all of those medias. We do love talking to people. We actually have some speak pipes at the end of the show that uh, uh, we will play, or at least some feedback from everybody. So now that that's on, uh, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I do want to share one little thing. So a few of our friends, that, you know, Superfan Michelle, who we've super been friends Michelle. with forever. Um, Sorry, still Michelle. Still, Superfan. She texts me all the time, and she'll just, like, I think when people listen to our show, it may be an episode from a year ago or whatever. Right. And they feel like we're there with them in the room. And so she'll have she'll have a thought of of what she's listening to, whether it's, you know, uh, a recent episode or or what was some of our earlier ones, an old Elvis episode or something like that. And she'll just text me like like a question thinking I was listening along with her. And I always (laughs) have to come back and say. 
okay, Michelle, slow down. What episode are you listening to? Let and me then, find the episode. But she did say one of our more recent ones about that um, wrist, uh, Christ, um, um, Edward Edwin Rist. 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 Yeah, the, you talked about this too. Uh, you and her, where she was like, I don't remember going to Dave Matthews. And like, I don't remember saying you went to Dave Matthews. And I'm like, the internet <laughs> never forgets, Ben. And so it's, it's a revolution. It keeps coming around in your face because here we are. She said, and this I took as high praise. I was when I saw the episode on iTunes, I started listening to it and I wasn't excited at all because I didn't know who this person was. Right. But that was one of my favorite. She loved she really yes. liked that episode. Yeah. So, Woo. yeah. Everybody go back and listen to one of our more recent year. I think it was one out. out it's the last episode. One. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's episode 69. Dude, a bird, a bird, a guy steals bird feathers. It's hilarious. It's amazing. Right. Like, I mean, a cat burglar who steals bird feathers. That Ironic. Dedicated to fly tying. We actually got some traction with the uh, fly tying uh, community on social media. They were like, oh, my God, and then passed it all around. I got emails from a bunch of European fly tires. I was like, okay, it's a good hashtag cross- fly tying. It's good cross promotion right there, fly tying, crime, and music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of crimes and music, in this episode, we're going to talk about health care, mm-hmm. hoot nannies, hoot nannies, Okay. And the Hell's Angels. Oh, we've we've had them on our show before. Well, we've discussed we've them. talked about them. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. You want to play a game? I like games. <laughs> Let's play everybody's favorite game. Guess the guess. Hey, I was serious All about right. getting the name, the name that shall not be mentioned, to maybe come in and play that in the studio one day. Oh, if you can, I would love it. I, I will try to do whatever I can. You pull your strings, man. It would be funny. Even it the name that shall not be mentioned's brother, maybe. Why wow, you you pull your strings, my man? Puppeteer you. I mean, you know these guys live so far away from me. Probably have to give them a plane <laughs> flight. And have to pay for that. Quarantine. Uh, Quarantine. Got to get them through there. Hey, Canada's open, by the way. I saw that. I knew you'd be happy about it. And now we can go hang out with Canadian Mike. Yeah, he can't come hang out with us, so I think the U.S. border is still closed for some weird reason. I see. Minute Whatever. 15. Whatever. All right. All right. All right. I got. I, I, I need all the time I can get. It's been, it's sure, been sure. a bit of a dry spell here, Brian. Right. Uh, You got a shot. You got a shot. So uh, some conf- call him. You don't sound confident. <laughs> I'm not. But one minute. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Some call him the Welsh Wrecking Machine. The Welch wrecking machine. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, JP. John Paul. Oh, buddy. You're 50% on that one. Uh, the white Mike Tyson. John Paul. <laughs> Papa. John. Papa John. Papa John. Payne. Paul. Persona. The white wrecking, the white Mike Tyson. Is it the guy from Danzig? No. Mr. Phillips. John Phillips? Hey! But uh, which John Phillips? The one we're talking about right now. Papa Papa John. Papa John Phillips? Pop, like Papa John's Pizza? No, dude. It's John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, wow. No. Um, I, I hope... You got the boo music. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I hope this is... 
I was not. I'm not a big fan of theirs. I Papa didn't like John. that. I didn't like that bit of the '60s and the '70s. They were too. Mr. Phillips. Too John poppy. Phillips. I even said. Johnny Phillips. Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, uh, yeah, see. no, you're right. It's 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 John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. They're a little bit more folk than, <clears throat> sorry, Michelle, than I would typically go myself. But uh, no, there's some good music in here, man. I'm telling you, some good stuff. Yeah, Mama Cass. Yes, right. Cass Elliot. She makes an appearance. Uh, more Scooby Doo references right there. I mean, how can you not like that? That's a little Mary. Well, that wasn't was that wasn't the Mamas and Papas. That was just Mama Cass. I mean. I'm just saying. Don't so get, you know she breaks off. Don't don't even start with the Scooby Doo references. I will go around you day by day, hour by hour. Oh man, it's not day by day, but uh, another TV show in that era comes up too. So right. uh, anyway, right. let's get into it. August 30th, 1935, born John Edmund Andrew Phillips in Paris Island, South Carolina, USA. Paris Island, isn't that where the Navy SEALs like train? Whoa, whoa, don't get ahead of us. That's on the next card. Oh, that's okay. Uh, he's, right. <laughs> he's born to parents uh, Claude Andrew Phillips, his dad, and Edna Gertrude Gaines was her maiden name, but uh, Edra, Edna Gertrude Phillips, his okay. mom, born into a middle-class family just outside of Albany, New York, uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. That seems weird. He must have been in New York when he was born. Um, Paris Island, South Carolina. The population is 4,841 people at the 2,000 census. October 11, 2002, the area was annexed by the town of Port Royal. It is perhaps best known for its U.S. Marine Corps training facility, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island. Nailed where it. Six, you did. Where 16,000 Marines also nail it by passing through boot camp there every year. Yeah, I think that's where you see the um, the the Navy SEALs when you see them on TV and they're training and they're all out in the in the surf and the nighttime and the moon's out and it's cold and they're all locked carrying telephone their, poles. They're all, yeah, they're sitting on their butt. Their arms are locked together and they're just taking one wave after another and carrying boats on their heads. Yep. Well, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to do that. I did. I really oh, me too. To do it. Right? Absolutely. I regret that I didn't try now back then yeah but you know what they say about trying brian i I don't hit me with it it's the first step to failure (laughs) oh i hate that yeah yeah i've actually i had a breakthrough one day i was working at a job and there's this kid uh new kid walter and uh, he's like a youth minister and he gave me two great pieces of advice i told him about growing up catholic and he goes that's weird my god only wants good things for me so there's one and then the other one was, uh, he was saying something to me over and over. And I was like, Walter, I don't try because I don't even want to fail, okay? And then I was just like, oh, my God. Knowledge bombs being dropped there. Yeah, man. I was like, this kid maybe is touched by God. That uh, is deep. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, man. Don't try. You'll so, fail. So, what's his first name? Jo- John? His name is John. But John we're going to call him Flip. Because every time I meet somebody named Phillips, I call them Flip. Because sure, I yeah. think that's cool. Flip. You're not a sunny fan, are you? No, that's your job. All right, continue. His father, Claude, is a retired United States Marine Corps officer. There you go. That's why they're in Paris Island. Mm -hmm. Um, On his way home from France following World War I, Claude Phillips managed to win a tavern in Oklahoma from another Marine during a poker game. He won a bar at a poker game? An Oklahoma bar. Okay, eh. The guy didn't have five bucks to spare. He put up a bar. (laughs) Right. That's that's like the what the little blind or whatever they call that. Yeah, just here's the bar. Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma. His mother Edna Gertrude Gaines 
She is of English ancestry. She met his father in Oklahoma. And uh, his father is a heavy drinker who suffers from poor health. Yeah. So Flip grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, where he is inspired by Marlon Brando to be a street tough. Did we hear you click a beer open yet? Yeah, I did that at the beginning of the show. Oh, did you tell Mm -hmm. us what beer it was? I'm just drinking a Sam Adams Summer Ale Citrus Wheat Ale. I think that's what you had last time. I think it might have been. I got, yeah. I, what was that? Or we had some Coronas in there from we were on the pontoon this weekend. So I was trying to pontoon cast, but man, that's super busy. Well, it's kind of hard to do when you're having fun. <laughs> Drinking Coronas. Yeah. Did you put a lime in there? Uh, we actually have the plastic squeeze lime, so I do a couple drips. Yeah. Just I, I, I kind of like plastic squeeze lime. It's super handy, man. Yeah, tell, especially on the pontoon. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. My, my leader. Uh, if our uh, if our listeners don't know, just sidebar, uh, I, I am the Han Solo of pontoons. I'm Pon Solo. I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I'm going to take it, though. So uh, let's get back to Marlon Brando Street Tough. Um, my only Marlon Brando is like the big one, like the island of Dr. Moreau. That was Marlon Brando, right? That's all you know about Marlon Brando? Well, and when he was younger, he was like the Fonzie kind of character. I know that. Um, That's about it. Have you ever seen Apocalypse Now? No, I actually haven't. Is That's like a war movie, right? Yes, and I have okay. never seen it either. But I did Isn't see it? a clip of it with, um, 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 why I can't remember his name. And James Conn. No, he's a famous oh. actor. And Marlon he's been Brando. in a billion things. But he was the one responding. If you know the name of this actor, please write in to crimeandmusic.com and let us know. But no, he, well, you, he was you the one that put it in context yet. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's uh he was in Lonesome Dove. He was in um, isn't he Curly uh, in the uh, City Slickers? Or no, Curly's brother? No, not Jack Palance. But yes, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, oh, not right. Jack Palance. I'll remember it and I'll shout his name out here in about ten minutes. Just randomly. Just That'll be randomly. great. No, but Marlon Brando was also in that movie. I looked at that movie on IMDb, and I saw a billion huge names. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne was in it. I think, like, Martin Sheen. Uh, there's a ton of people in it. You know, I have IMDb credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to see it now, games. but it's not. I wish it was on a streaming yeah. thing because I, I I really don't want to pay $4 for it <laughs> to rent. <laughs> you don't have a VPN? What are you doing? And that's kind of where we're at. There you go. No, I don't. I don't. If I need to watch it, I'll pay for it. I will. But that sounds fine. All right. Well, let's flip the channel. About flip. We're going to flip the channel back to flip here. So from 1942, uh, excellent video game, to 1946, he attends Linton Hall Military School in in Bristow, Virginia. That does not sound good. And he, quote, hated the place, citing inspections and beatings and recalls, quote, nuns used to watch us take showers. That's, that's, there's more to that story. You'll never hear it, but there probably is. I, I would imagine. So uh, he forms a musical group of teenage boys who do, uh, sing doo-wop songs. Doo-wop, shoo-wop, doo-wop, you know, like that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I bet, you know what, you know what doo-wop is? No, t- tell me. Doo-wop is more fun to sing than to listen to. Wow, it is more fun to sing than to listen to. It, nobody wants to hear that shit, but no. I bet it would be a ball to sing. Fun to do it. Get yeah. your buddies together. Yeah. That'd Rob, be good. Robert uh, Duvall. Robert Duvall. 
That's the guy. Nailed. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Robert yep. Duvall. Good job. Right. Robert right. Duvall. Sure. Love that smell of napalm in the morning. Like it. Uh, unlike Robert Duvall, Flip here plays basketball at George Washington High School and uh, now George Washington Middle School in Alexandria, Virginia. Wait, how do you go to high school to middle school? Oh, the high school turned into the middle school and then they made a new high school. Yeah, they got bigger. They got, they got that happens. Yeah, yeah they, they grew. Big, yeah, you gotta, yeah, build, he, he graduates build. high school in 1953. Uh, that's when he gains appointment to the United States Naval Academy because, you know, family in the military, that's what he's doing. Yeah, it's a tradition. Tradition. However, he resigns uh, during his first plebe year. Uh, couldn't cut it. So May 7th, 1957, Flip marries a girl named Susan Adams. She's from a wealthy Virginia family. Sounds hot. Good choice. Uh, they have a son named Jeffrey and a daughter named Mackenzie. You may remember Mackenzie Phillips. She comes up later. Is so Jeffrey wonder- spelled with a J or a G? With a J okay. and a Y. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Flip attends Hampton in Sydney College, a liberal arts college for men in Hampton, Sydney, Virginia. He drops out in 1959, did two years in college. Hey, twice the Ben plan. Not not a lot of stick-to-itiveness with this guy. <laughs> so far, uh, not really hanging in there. Uh, he might have the twisties. Uh, Flip uh, longs to have success in the music industry and travels to New York to gain a record contract in the early 60s. So there you go. He, Was that a shot? No, no, no. Anyway, moving on. Uh, his first band, The Journeyman, is a folk trio with Scott McKenzie and Dick Weissman. They were fairly successful. They put out three albums, The Journeyman. They had several appearances on 1960s TV show Hoot Nanny. Said we'd talk about Hoot Nannies, and here we are. Did you watch a lot of the Olympics or something? I do. I'm a very much an Olympic fan. We're an Olympic family. Every four years, I mean, not so much the winter, but the summer Olympics, that's my jam for about two weeks. All right, continue. Flip, flip. Philadelphia. So Flip had several appearances on the 1960s TV show Hoot Nanny. Now that's an American musical variety television show broadcast on ABC from 1963 to 1964. That had a long run. Yeah, the program. The program was hosted by Jack Linkletter. Oh, he's a big name. Didn't he try to he sell actually, insurance, insurance in his late... That's exactly what I was thinking. Hi, I'm Jack Linkletter, and you can get prime life insurance with no medical exam. Or a chair that lifts you out of the seat. No hands necessary, and you're back standing. And a, uh, and, and, and a shower <laughs> that you can turn into a bath. Uh, what, you ever seen those bathtubs that you shut the door? Like you walk yeah, the into shower a, tub. The shower tub. Got your shower tub right here with the waterproof door and, well, and you, seat. That is a more of an amazing product than you realize. Just saying. Oh, the Physics. older I get, yeah, man. Physics, <laughs> like, dude. Those things. It's a lot the, of pressure. The door has to. The door has to open outward. Water pressure goes outward. Uh, you do the math. It can't open outward. There's no way. Oh yeah. Well, it can't open has to inward. Open inward. Has to. No. What if it's an emergency? Like. Uh, you're pulling back, man. I don't know. Now it, you've created a whole other issue. It has a lever like out. on a submarine door. Yeah, I guess it would have, it's a hatch. So what you're telling me is I got to right. undo this hatch. My grandma has to undo a hatch after she yes. falls and busts her hip. All right, so just. Sidebar, my wife hurt her ankle, so I, that was I, funny. I saw that. I want to. I, I kind of wanted to ask. She thought our new puppy got loose and was at the road, so she tried to jump a small garden fence, and uh, it had like a. 
a fleur-de-lis at the top as like a little accent on the fence and she basically stabbed herself through uh her foot so Ooh. today she went and got a tetanus shot Ooh, it's the summer she's a teacher everyone will know superman superman michelle is laughing her ass off sorry superman michelle are you calling her superman because I, I let it slip the first one, so now I'm just running with it. I'll get it back the next time I say it. Superman. No, we're changing it from now on. Superman <laughs> now Michelle. Super, Superman Michelle. Isn't that great? Uh, okay, here. we're Let's go back to Hoot Nanny. That's more fun. Um, it's primarily features pop-oriented folk music acts like The Journeyman, which we already talked about. The Limelighters. That's a cool name. Chad Mitchell Trio. The new Christy Minstrels. The Big Brothers Four. Ian and Sylvia, they didn't think a lot on their name. Uh, the big three, <laughs> aliens, wizards, and robots, uh, apparently. <laughs> Hoyt Axton, Judy Collins, Johnny Cash, there we go, uh, and the Carter family. Finally, somebody you've heard about. I like the name The Minstrels, though. I like that Minstrels name. was cool. Yeah. It's new It's new Christy in The Minstrels. So That could be a name today. Tell me I'm wrong, Brian. No, you're 100% right. What kind new of band Cr- would New Christy and The Minstrels be? Uh, punk rock. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you can see Flat and Scrug and the Foggy Mountain Boys, also the Terriers, Bud and Travis, and the Smothers Brothers. That's why this is here, so we could get to the Smothers Brother. Okay. Don't drive like my brother. You're supposed to say don't drive like my brother, but okay, that's fine. Don't drive oh, like my brother. I didn't hear. No, I would have got the click and clack. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear. <laughs> don't drive like my brother. I can't. I can't don't do drive like my brother. Can you do a Boston? Don't drive like my brother. I can do click and clack, kind of, but... <laughs> You know, just, they, guys, I just I always think, think of the Mario Brothers. That's all I always think of is the Mario Brothers. I don't think they're any different. <laughs> yeah, you people. should think of them. That's who it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, Mario Kart, it ain't a coincidence. Much like Mario Brothers and Click and Clack the Tappet Brothers NPR, although both popular and influential, like hoot nanny the tv show the program is primarily remembered today for the controversy created when producers blacklisted certain folk music acts uh when they led to a boycott by others so these guys are laying down the the folk music world here they're like no you can't play here no why why do you know why it did not specify what year 1963 so this sort of witch hunt communist thing no, no, no. no I got it right good. here. Okay. This All is right. what happens. After two seasons, shifting musical taste, heavily influenced by the British invasion starting in 1964, and uh, declining in program's variety led to its effective replacement by Shindig. That's a similar show, but broadly based more on pop music and oriented more towards the variety program side. Okay. So, so it's kind of like how Candy Camera got shut down by Just for Laughs. Yeah. Basically, it's the same story as that. <laughs> It's a, Jack Palance was like, I can't do this anymore. So, yeah, it's it's uh, basically that. how um, oh, what was the young guy that started rip or ended up doing Ripley's? Believe it or not, a uh, guy that was a uh, Superman, Dean Kane. What was his name? Dean Kane. Dean Kane take took over Jack Palance's spot on Ripley's. Believe it or not, <laughs> we Hoot talked Nanny, about Dean Kane. Nanny is that, Jack Palance. I mean, it makes sense. that one that one country girl married Dean Kane. Remember. The one you saw in Vegas or whatever. Uh, yeah, not the, um, not Trisha, uh, Mindy McCready. Mindy McCready, yeah, not diaper face, but Mindy McCready. Did did and she? She married D. Kane, yeah, for a little while. It's when she got all demanding and stuff, and they kicked her out because she was being bitchy because she got that Dean Kane influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Dean Cain will do that to you. That's true. That guy's still alive. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he's well, doing, but he's still alive. I don't know why we're still talking about Hootenanny, but much like uh, Dean Cain, Variety Reviewer felt, quote, it lacks spark in spirit that found uh, that is found in live college and concert dates. So uh, they would predict the series to do little to increase the popularity of folk music. That's why we're talking about this, because I'm trying to establish the fact that folk music was really popular until a bunch of British people came over and wrecked it. And so now all these folk musicians are like, what, what do we do? So while Hootenanny is labeled the hit of the spring, uh, it very quickly declined, and everybody there was sort of like, uh, next, on to the next, what, British rock? Sweet, loving the rock. Let's put that on. Yeah, and British, British rock took over, and, and rock in general kind of took over from folk music at that time. And I, and I remember going to, like, my grandmother's house, and it was the difference between putting an album on the old console uh, album <laughs> player that was yep. literally as large as a coffin and looked like oh, a yeah. coffin. It had a door like a coffin. <laughs> it had, I mean, the only thing Might between a coffin. that and a coffin instead of a dead person inside those two big, like, 12-inch woofers and someone coming in and popping an old 8-track or a cassette tape or, a you know, a good album on a much smaller device – Maybe with a small speaker or an amp or something like that. I mean, that's you know, we you're you're yeah, the, 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 it just it just took over technology <laughs> and everything else. Boom, folk, see ya. Well, Flip's still hanging with the Journeymen. They uh, they make those three albums and uh, as well as a compilation titled "Best of the Journeymen," and that you can now get that on CD if you want. So that's out there. I'm sure. While tour- I, I, I'm sure you're wrong because I don't think you, get, you can't get Dick on CD. While touring California, the journeyman uh, and Flip met teenager Holly Mitchell Gillum, uh, whom he had an extramarital affair with. So I bet he there's did. that. After the affair caused the dissolution of the marriage to Adams, he marries this girl, Michelle. Superman. Super- Michelle. Su- Superman, Michelle. Superman Michelle gets married to Flip on December 31st, 1962, and she thereafter became Michelle Phillips. The couple had one child together, China Phillips, who you may know from the 1990s pop trio Wilson Phillips. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Did not know that. You said I might know that. I did not know that. Well, there you go. Okay, Flip develops his craft in Greenwich Village during the American folk music revival. They're fighting this British rock thing. Uh, he meets future Mamas and Papas member Denny Doherty and Cass Elliott. They're out there at the time. Lyrics to the song Creek Alley describes this period. So if you want to go check out that song uh, from the Mamas and the Papas, it'll tell you about how they all met each other. Do you think folk music is just a little too nice? Like oh, in yeah, general? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. A little too nice. Just a bit. A bunch of nice people. The Mamas and Papas were formed by a husband and wife team. It was Flip and uh, Michelle Phillips. And then they were from the Journeymen or the New Journeymen. Then you had Denny Doherty of the Mugwumps. Thought that was a cool ass name. Oh, I've heard of them. I don't know anything about I like that name. Yeah, Mugwumps is sweet. It's like something in Star Wars. Yeah, we uh, just got a bunch of Mugwumps out of the power converters. I'm going to uh, go with go. Harry, Harry Potter on that. It's more of Harry. The, Harry. Oh, damn it. You think? Nice job. Maybe. No, you're right. That's way more. You're right, Harry Potter. We had to battle the Mugwumps before we could get the potion. That's not a good Harry Potter. I don't know. I so. think your English accent's your best one. That's your best. Oh, awesome. I think it's your best. 
other accents are offended, but this is okay. Uh, both of these earlier acts were folk groups active in the 1960s, 1964 and 1965. The last member to join the Mamas and the Papas was Cass Elliot, uh, Doherty's bandmate in the Mugwumps. They had to overcome Flip's concerns that her voice was too low for his arrangements. So he thought that her obesity would be an obstacle to the band's success and that her temperament is incompatible with his. When you blatantly call someone out and go, man, your voice is too low and I think your obesity is going to be a problem, I could see why you would think they wouldn't get along with you. Did he come out and say that right to her? Yes, he did. Was I... I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but was she sort of a popular before she joined that group? Uh, as part of the Mugwumps, I believe so. Yeah, I, I think she had a, a bit of clout before all that went down. And she's probably sitting there just going, <laughs> F you. I mean, I don't need your <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, hey, buddy. You want you to hook, hook your wagon to my star and rock and roll, but I don't need you, man. Because she That's was, true. if you were to say the mamas and papas, name one star, name name one person in that, you would be, you, you would name Mama Cass. Mama Cass. Absolutely. You want That's a ham what says first. Right. Remember, we talked about her too, because she had an apartment that was cursed. Yeah. That, so like, Mama uh, Cass uh, 1,000 people died in. That never... <laughs> Somewhat correct, yes. Yeah. When that Iggy, so... what, who, who, who didn't not kill their... Uh, a strange girlfriend in there. Who was that? Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious, yes. Yeah, check out the Sid Vicious episode. Learn all about Mama Cass's cursed apartment. Yeah. And then it comes up again, too. I can't remember who else it was. It might have been another British guy. But, yeah, they uh, all choked on the same sandwich. I'm, that's a, that's correct. Jokes are terribly old. <laughs> it's a haunted sandwich. Ooh. <laughs> that's where Scooby-Doo came in. They always that's ate correct. sandwiches. Always. They always the comes back around. Uh, the group considered calling itself the Magic Circle before switching to the Mamas and the Papas. Now, here's a note. They spelled circle C-Y-R-C-L-E. Hey, didn't Motley Crue do a lot of shit like that? Like, they're like, oh, go me Motley Crue. Let's misspell every name. Okay, <laughs> we'll that'd be put great. put the umlauts over the O and the U. I love it. Um, <laughs> they were inspired... <laughs> Oh, my cat. Can you hear my cat in the background? That was great, though. It went right with the Y, like you guys were saying it together. So it was perfect. Um, they were inspired to switch the name to the Mamas and the Papas by the Hell's Angels, whose female associates were called Mamas. Oh, really? That's getting lippy. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So the Mamas. Flip is the primary songwriter and musical arranger for the group. Uh, he also helped promote the Monterey International Pop Music Festival held June 16th to 18th, 1967 in Monterey, California. We we never did an episode on that, but we referenced that a bunch, don't yeah, we? Yeah. It's, uh, the Monterey Pop Festival was a big like Woodstock-esque music festival, and uh, it went well, so we don't really talk about it <laughs> other than the fact of, like, you can do this and not kill people, see? Monterey Pop Festival. Well, I feel like they did it, and they did it well, and everybody's like, huh, let's try to do that. We'll, we'll we'll make money. Everybody have fun. Lightning in a bottle. There, nobody's going to get killed. Nobody's <laughs> going to get killed with a bike chain or a gun. The Hells Angels are going to be cool. Let's well, try I don't do think that they again. hired them. I think they actually had the karate guys show up this time to run security. Yeah. Check out our uh, Erie Canal Soda Pop ep episode. That actually, we'll get there too today, so don't worry about that. At the uh, Monterey Pop Festival, um, Flip performs with the Mamas and the Papas as part of the event also. The festival was planned in just seven weeks and was developed as a way to validate rock music as an art form in the way jazz and folk were regarded as art forms. 
that's odd to hear these days that it wasn't necessarily considered an art form. It's Today, just it noise. Is. I mean, it's Why rock. is it just noise? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're right. Yeah. That was the first major pop rock music event in history. Uh, he also co-produced the film for the Monterey Pop Festival called Monterey Pop with the uh, group's producer, Lou Adler. Lou makes a return around, too, so don't forget that name. All right, Lou Adler. That's, an, that's a very noticeable name. We've heard that name. I Yeah, he's a music guy. You've heard of him. Mm-hmm. 1968, the Mamas and the Papas cut their first three albums at United Western Records in Hollywood, California, while the group's subsequent releases were recorded at the 8-track studio that Flip and Michelle had built in their house in Bel Air. So this dude got into a time uh, before home studios, put a home studio in his house. He, they Flip did three, said, three albums in albums. one year? Yeah, man. Yeah. I guess when you're only singing three-minute songs, it's not hard. (laughs) Flip said, uh, quote, I got the idea to transform the attic into my own recording studio so that I could stay high all the time, never have to worry about studio time. I began assembling a state-of-the-art equipment and ran the cost up about 100 grand." I bet that's a lot back then. I mean... That's kind of how much we spent on the podcast studio. I sit in by myself alone now. 100 grand pesos. That's correct. So while having his own studio gave Flip the autonomy he craved, it also removed the external discipline that may have benefited a man who describes himself as, quote, obsessive perfectionist. And staying high. <laughs> All the time. Uh, let's see. Doherty Elliott and Adler found the arrangement uncongenial. I just wanted to use that word. Uncongenial. That's good. That's a good word. That's a good word. October 26, 1968, uh, Cass Elliott complains to Rolling Stone, quote, we spent one whole month. Wait, this is Mama Cat. Should I do Mama Cass impersonation? I would love it. I think our audience would love I don't know that I can. I really don't think I can because I, I, I'm tempted to do all a right, damn sandwich right, in my on. mouth. As you're thinking we about. We spent how- a whole month around. Stop, stop, stop. As you're thinking about how you'd like to do this. I want to I want to say this to you while you're thinking. So don't listen to this, okay? Listen to it later when you listen to our show and critique. But Brian, anytime you offer or suggest doing an impersonation or a you know a, a dialect or or a you know an accent, our audience lights up like a freaking Christmas tree. I guarantee it. They all <laughs> want to hear it and they all expect Radio Gold. So with that okay, being said, it. I'm setting you up a little high here, okay? I'm setting you up. I'm kind of, I'm kind of moving the the field goal marker a long ways away from you. And we, all I can't ex- hit this now. We all expect you to hit the 65 yarder right uh, here. So all right, here three, two, one, Mama <laughs> Cass, go. We spent one whole month on one song just for the vocals. <laughs> I can't do. <laughs> no, can't continue. <laughs> Love Ivy took one whole month. I did my debut album in three weeks, total of ten days in the studio, live at the band, not pre-recorded tracks, sitting there with the earphones. So yeah, apparently Mama Cass is now Honey Boo Boo's mom. I think all so you gotta do is like take a piece of paper, <laughs> chew it up a little bit, shove it in the back corner of your mouth, and that's down pat. I didn't have a ham sandwich. Let's, let's just chew it on your tongue the whole time. Uh, the recording it, session. Just chewing the tongue while talking, and then it sounds—it sounds like I think it sounds like. I remember Mama Cass on Scooby Doo. She was a Southern woman who had a booming voice. I can't do it. So, nailed it. 
The recording session for the fourth album stalls in uh, September 1967. Flip calls a press conference to announce that the mamas and the papas are taking a break. We're on a break. They weren't even, they got three albums out in one year and they're taking a break? We're on a break. That was a lot. All right. We're taking a break. Uh, which the band then later confirmed. Oh, he didn't tell the band. Okay. The band later confirmed on the Ed Sullivan show. They're like, wait, uh, hey, is it true? Is it true you're uh, taking a break? And they go, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, Flip said you were taking a break. They're like, yeah, okay, I guess we're taking a break. And is that when Mama Cass went and got the ham sandwich? It is. The Mamas and the Papas plan to give concerts at Royal Albert Hall in London uh, and at Olympia in Paris before taking time out in Mallorca to, quote, get the muse going again. That is, we'll see if they can jumpstart it up, though. They're just taking a break. They're not breaking up. Did you say like Mallorca? Taking a break. Mallorca. What's that? Yeah. I've never heard that word. It's an island off of Paris. Is it by Ibiza? I believe it's closer to Ibiza than we are, yeah. And it's spelled Majorca, so it's Mallorca. Mallorca. I've never heard that word. We go to Mallorca. Or Mallorca. I don't Sounds know. Sounds like some Bond wanna... villain would have a layer on. On Mallorca. Welcome to my lair, Mr. All right, that's probably where Elon Musk is at right now. Majorca. October 5th, when the group docks in South Southampton, uh, that's in England, uh, Cass Elliot is arrested, and uh, with that, we're going to take a break. Whoa, 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 you're leaving us at a cliffhanger? Yeah, man, you got to come back after the break's over, and uh, we'll tell you why, okay? Well, she's arrested? Stick so around. And we're back. What uh, what did you do with your break? I talked to you. Oh, well, don't break the fourth wall, bro. Jeez. <laughs> no, uh, we talked about old times. Um, we did. We talked old about... Old times, bad times, times we never had. Well, let's put a little teaser in there. Before we get back to the teaser you already left us on, I've also been told by a little bird that... Crime and Music is going to get a bit of a t-shirt going, Brian? Yes, want, we do have some merch coming out, everybody. Don't want to put, we've been talking about it now for like seven years. <laughs> it how seems long, like how it. How long have we been doing this? Two years? Three years? Uh, three, three years. No, yeah. I mean, I think we're at the point now where we could pop a t-shirt out there and there'd be at least enough people to be interested in. It's worth our time. And I'm assuming Dusty in St. Louis is going to buy a T-shirt. No pressure, Dusty. Dude, but I'm just saying. You want uh, if Brian, you and you and you and your uh, you and your old lady, Val the what? Mad Canadian. I'm pretty sure we can get Val the Mad Canadian. We'll convert it to Canadian pesos or whatever. Yeah, you guys Canadian use. pesos. Shiny, that's right. Uh, like and penguin if, eggs if or something. You go up to the Montreal and you're walking around out there and you see that crime music T-shirt on, you're gonna flip a nut. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Mike, I'm going to explode and be like, oh, my God, that'd be amazing to me. (laughs) So to get back to our our original um, teaser. Teaser I left you? Yes. What I said was October 5th when the uh, group Mamas and the Papas dock at Southampton, uh, Cass Elliott is arrested for stealing two blankets and a hotel key worth $28 when they were in England uh, that previous February. She stole two blankets? 
and a hotel key worth $28. Huh. That's I don't a- know if the blankets and the key were worth $28 or if the key was just worth $28 by itself. Are you sure they weren't just for Mumu? Elliot's transferred to London, where she spent the night in custody after being strip-searched out of her moo-moo uh, before the case is dismissed in the West London Magistrates Court the next day. There's, the hotel there's was points less when I say stuff, Brian. I swear to God, you just put a pause in there to make sure you have the ample area to edit my shit out. If anybody wants to hear the non-edited version of this, please send me a check. <laughs> I will get you the non-edited version. On PC version. That's, I'm terrible. That's Patreon, patreon.com slash crime and music. Oh, no. If you want you, the unedited version. You're going to make make that out to cash. Send it to me. I'll send you the appropriate. Cash, P.O. Box, Ben's house. <laughs> the appropriate, like, uh, micro SD card. <laughs> yeah, man. That would be. The unedited versions of these are destroyed shortly after they're recording. Can, they're not, but uh, can, that's what we should tell people. Continue. Uh, the hotel was less interested in the blankets than the unpaid bill she left. When Elliot had entrusted uh, the money to her companion, Harris Pickens, a.k.a. Pick Dawson III, uh, he neglected to settle the bill. So police are less interested in the blankets and the bill than in Pick Dawson because he is suspected of being an international drug trafficker. And he is the sole subject of their questioning. They didn't really care about the blankets or the bill. They're like, hey. This guy's taking drugs all across the country and into that country. And they were they were where in Europe? Uh yes. Yeah, you're they not were supposed in to do that. London. In the Englands. So so she got in trouble for one thing, but that's not what they were looking for. No. All right, yeah, <laughs> no, the cops rolled up. She's like, fine, I took the blankets and the key. It's neat, okay? And they're like, what are you talking about? No, we're after the drug. Okay. <laughs> Ra- walk- round her up, guys. <laughs> she, like, walks out the front of the hotel room, throws a couple old suitcases in the cab. Cops roll up, <laughs> coming from every angle. She just lays down on the ground, admits to all of it. I got an, ash- I did it. I got an I did ashtray. It. There, There's two robes in my carry-on luggage i got a i got a comforter over there and i i left my entire wardrobe upstairs because i really needed all those sheets and towels and they're (laughs) and they run right past her trying to find the guy with the drugs yep all right then one cop hung back and was like i'm sorry what did you say can can i get your autograph (laughs) holy cow your mama cass can i get your autograph want a sandwich Later, at a party hosted by the band to celebrate Elliot's acquittal, Flip interrupts Elliot as she's telling the Rolling Stones Mick Jagger about her arrest and her trial. And uh, Flip comes up and he goes, Mick, she's got it all wrong. That's not how it was at all. (laughs) And she's telling her own story. Um, So you want to know it's weird. (laughs) You talk about Mick Jagger and his A-Day and the Rolling Stones really all together. And you right. think about all the interaction that that band has had with celebrities throughout the years, starting in the, what was it, early 60s? Right. Maybe, maybe uh, yeah. And they're all dead. All the Rolling Stones are, like, alive. Yeah, man. They're a- Keep moving. They're aliens. They're aliens. No, I had an old neighbor lady. She's like, yeah, if I stop moving, I'm going to be put in the ground. So she was out mowing her lawn, my lawn, doing the bushes, like whatever, man. <laughs> keep moving, dude. So if those guys never come off tour, they'll never die. You got a bunch of old ladies mowing your lawn, do you? 
I used to. I don't anymore. I just got one. That I just metaphor. got one old lady. Just one, uh, just one old lady mowing my lawn now. <laughs> right now, all right, sidebar. Right now she's got a broken si- foot. Sidebar. Uh, I worked a lot of retail in my life, and I recall talking to this one guy one day. And I was like, uh, sir, would you like a bag? And he goes, nah, I got an old bag at home. Ah, yeah. So uh, just like that, as Cass Elliott <laughs> is trying to tell her story and Flip's like, that's not how it happened. Let me tell you what happened to you. Uh, Elliot screams at Flip, storms out of the party. Elliot's ready to quit, right? So the Royal Albert Hall and the Olympia dates are canceled. The four went their separate ways. Flip and Michelle Phillips go to Morocco. Uh, Doherty returns to the United States, and Elliot either went to the U.S. or, according to Flip, uh, a rendezvous in Paris with Pick Dawson. So, who knows what happened to her? That guy, the drug smuggler. Oh, okay. Skip, Pick, what'd I call him? Skip. He has a name. Pick. Nah, Pickens. It's Harris Pickens Dawson III. They call him Pick. Pick. So, uh, yeah, she was either in the States or she rendezvoused with Pick in Paris, and that's how that went. In an interview, Elliot, Cass Elliot, Mama Cass, unilaterally announces that the Mamas and the Papas have disbanded, saying, quote, I can't do Mama Cass, I'm sorry. It's you so got to chew on your tongue while you say it. <clears throat> that's, the, that's the secret. We thought this trip would be some situation <laughs> that the group had been thought. So uh, we, we thought this trip would have given the group some stimulation, but uh, that has not been so. I think the other way worked better with the cho- the, the tongue chewing. We thought this make it better. <laughs> if I only had a ham sandwich. Flip and Elliot uh, reconciled to complete the Mamas and the Popums album. The Mamas and the Popums. The Mamas and the Papas. That's hard to say. Album, which is released in May 1968. So they had one more album sort of uh, in the books. They needed to wrap up a couple bits. They made up. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And uh, the album is the band's first album not to go gold or reach top ten in America. That was their last album? Yes. Okay. So the last, they end on a sour note. You always leave on a high note. Yeah. They did not. Well, you got to leave want, have them want more. I suppose. Yeah. Yep. June 1968, uh, Dunhill Records releases Cass Elliott's solo album. A remake of Dream a Little Dream of Me. And the single credited Mama Cass and the Mamas and the Papas. And Flip was freaking out about it. He's like, "That's not. We're not backing her up." So, oh, so she song reaches she used some stuff from like old stuff and put it out without his permission, and he got bad, he got mad about it. No, 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 not even that. Just she made her own. She did a remake, right? But then the single credited Mama Cass with the Mamas and the Papas. So oh, okay. that's how it was. Okay. And it's like the Mamas and the Papas featuring Mama Cat. You know, it's like one of those things like, oh, my name's after yours? That's not how it goes. He, You're one of the Mamas. And flipped You're Mama Cat. Flip, kind of flipped out about it. Flip flipped, dude. The song reaches number 12 in the U.S., number 11 in the U.K., making Dream a Little Dream of Me. The only single by the Mamas and the Papas to chart higher in the U.K. than in the U.S. Nobody cares Damn about Brits. that. Nobody cares about that. British folk music. We got the best folk music fans, not the British. For a second time, Dunhill Records returned to the band's earlier work from a single releasing Do You Wanna Dance from the debut album in October 1968. The song reaches number 76 in the U.S. That's good. Do you think the British have better folk music than us? Hell no, man. No. Okay. We invented the folks. Yeah. Where's Bob Dylan from? Exactly. Exactly. America. America. 
1968 interview, Flip describes some of his arrangements as a well-arranged two-part harmony moving in the opposite direction. Well, about time it looks so fine. Right now, in the palm. Yeah, it's just like that. And you. After being signed. People all say, hey, <laughs> beware, don't you have a final fall when you hit that right, right, Didn't you? Hit you. All right. Uh, we should Continue. do Bob Dylan one day. After being signed to Dunhill Records, they had several Billboard top ten, top ten, top ten hits, including "California Dreamin'," "California Dreamin'," "Such a Winter's Day," you used and then they to had "So <laughs> with Napoleon Blaze and the thing that you. That's pretty good. I continue. They had another top ten hit in Monday, Monday. Were, were those all? Were those oh, all songs that were released late Mama's in her career? Yeah, man. Oh, those are the ones I, I saw know. her again. Another one called Creek Alley, and finally they had a song called Twelve Thirty. Young girls are coming to the canyon. What year was this? I just said nineteen sixty-eight. And what year was she on Scooby Doo? <laughs> I want to say Scooby Doo came out in the seventies. Okay, because so. I feel like that was at her. She was on that show by herself. It was Mama Cass of the Mamas and the Papas. And I wonder if this wasn't part of the problem that 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 Flip was having with her celebrity. Could be. Yeah, because he didn't get invited to go in the studio with Casey Kasem and say words. It's true. Yeah, right? That's right? true. Right? But I mean, what he did do, Flip wrote San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco, oh, did he? Be sure did to he? wear some flowers in your hair. Dude, that song was We on can go Scott. to Stinky's Pizza. Man, listen to the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's cover of San Francisco. That it's was awesome. on Forrest Heffing Gump. You know it was big. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Drinking my beer there. Uh, San Francisco is widely regarded as the emblematic 1960s America counterculture music. So, yeah, you're right. It totally is emblematic of that time. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Flip also wrote the off-covered, Me and my uncle went driving down with Texas It's a Grateful Dead thing that they, yeah, see, it's a favorite of the repertoire of the Grateful Dead, which is why I know that song. Used to play it in many bands for many years. What was it's a name? great song. Me and my uncle. Now, Flip and Michelle Phillips became Hollywood celebrities. They moved up to the Hollywood Hills. Um, They started socializing with people like Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty, and Roman Polanski. Wow. Um, Is Jack Nicholson still alive? Yeah, man. (laughs) Jack Nicholson. I got nothing on that. He hasn't done anything in a decade, has he? I believe he's going to star in the Batman movie as the Joker. No. Well, they're bringing back Michael Keaton, so I figured alternate realities. You, you're, you, you're just saying that, right? Oh yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea, okay, man. Good. I, I think he's. A if, if I'm right, though, that'll be great. I think Jack Nicholson's head is being kept alive in a jar, and this is how <laughs> Futurama starts. I see. <laughs> Him and Al Gore. <laughs> right. No, who is that? Who's the guy with no head? It's headless. Uh... Spiro Agnew. Agnew, yeah, headless Agnew. Come on, don't. Oh gosh, don't even try. Don't even try to get me over on this. 
Futurama. <laughs> now we're on Futurama. I'm literally looking at a <laughs> Ben Bender. Okay, no, we got a connection. No, ben now. Bender is on the TV right now. Paused for a uh, <laughs> Futurama episode. It's season five, um, episode fourteen. Um, oh, the Beast with a Million Bags. Nope. Um, something uh, famous. I can't read it. Oh, absolutely famous. That's the name of the. It's when Bender famous. wants to turn into a wooden robot. So. Oh yes, obsolete. And then he's got that tape robot. Kind of a fan. <laughs> That's funny. It's sad we both know that. Way to go! Uh, Way well, to go, symbol banging monkey. <laughs> well, Ro- again, much like X. Futurama. The Mamas and the Papas broke up in 1968, largely because, as Ben stated, Cass Elliot wants to go solo on Scooby-Doo and because the personal problems between Flip and his wife, Michelle, and Denny Doherty. So including the fact that Michelle's affair with Denny Doherty, uh, that's also an issue, so they break up. You're wrecking the band, man. You're wrecking the band. Yeah, I don't, yeah that's, that's, you can't just start banging everybody in the band. You can't do that. No, and Michelle Phillips agrees with you as she later recounted, quote, Cass confronted me and said, I don't get it. You can have any man you want. Why would you take mine? Um, Jolene, Jolene, <laughs> Jolene, Jolene. That was you that ain't song kidding, was brother. You ain't kidding. Now, Michelle is briefly fired in 1966 for having affairs with Gene Clark and Denny Doherty. She is replaced for two months by Jill Gibson. Uh, she was the producer, Lou Adler's girlfriend. So Lou Adler's back. It's it's a it's a, a tangled web they weave. <laughs> Although Michelle Phillips is forgiven and asked to return to the group, personal problems continue, and that's when that group splits up, like I said. Cass Elliott went on to have a successful solo career until her death in 1974, so she wasn't on Scooby-Doo that late. Flip releases his first solo album, John, the Wolf King of L.A., in 1970. Ah, mama, the album is not well-received. How'd Mama Cass die? Choked on a hand sandwich. Nailed, now, nailed although it, it did not... <laughs> so nailed it. John the Wolf King uh, was not well received, although it did include a minor hit, Mississippi. Do you know that song, Mississippi? No. Well, I mean, I bet if, I bet if I heard it, I'd be like, yeah, I've heard this song. Oh, yeah. yeah. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Mississippi. I feel I like that's what, what we used to say in grade school, but I don't remember singing a song from Flip about, about with it. Oh, hey, sidebar, real quick. Listen to this. This is awesome. Sidebar. No, this has nothing. Love it. Brian, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, by the way. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What? Slam that beer. This sounds like an event for... Oh, another beer. (laughs) Hit me with it. So I, you know, we grew up in Flushing. And, you know, we all remember the Flushing Bar Tour. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Where did we start, Brian? Uh, We started at Kathy's. Every time. Today, you go to Kathy's, what you see is what you would have seen 20 years ago. It's Kathy, Mm -hmm. owns Kathy's, Kathy and Ron, awesome place. Had Ron dancing on the tables when the band played there. Stroh's Dark. It was awesome. Next Stroh's Dark on tap. Brian, next bar you go to. Skips? Yep. Skips. A little different. Actually, if you took a picture of it, it'd be the exact same. They've had some different owners throughout the years, and the owner currently is a guy that we went to school with, nice guy, the Harris family, awesome people, whatever. 
Nice, um, nice. After that, Brian, where'd we go? You go down to Duff's, yep. a.k.a. Duffy's. Duff's. And that bar was, they had no food, just beer, liquor, wine. Nobody drank wine. Bikers. And then the no. last bar, if you were on a special night, what was it? Oh, if you could hang in, man, you hit yourself at Jack's Place. And and why didn't you go to Jack's Place all the time? Uh, There were shootings and fights and stuff is why I didn't go there all the it time. It was a but, little rough. Ooh. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was a bowling alley. It was a... Bowling alley restaurant karaoke bar. A bowling alley. And you and you and Jason... Uh, used to DJ there, used, yeah. Used to DJ there a little bit. Till the guy took a shot at the bar with a 38 because we didn't play the song he wanted. Uh, so. Stories are conflicted, but it was something like that. So anyways... <laughs> That's what I was told. I don't remember much of that job. So, I got to admit. We were DJs with one CD player, so you guys can do the math on how good we were. But I, it, 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 it was appropriate for that place. It didn't... Oh, we were the best. We were the best DJs they ever had. So I heard some new people bought it, and they made it into a decent, I don't know, I'm, I'm just thinking decent or better place. Well, we're back in the 70s. Flip begins to withdraw from the limelight as his use of narcotics increases. Uh, Flip marries his third wife. Man, he's rolling through the wives here. Actress and model Genevieve Waite on January 30th, 1972. The couple have two children, Tamerlane, that's kind of cool, and Bayou Phillips. What's her name? Her. What was her name? Bijou. Bayou Phillips. Sounds hot. She she is hot. You haven't seen her? She's an actress. Uh, Flip produces his third wife Genevieve's album, Romances on the Rise, and wrote music for the film. Oh, okay, there's the film, Romances on the Rise. Between 1969 and 1974, uh. Flip and Wait work on the script and compose over 30 songs for the space-themed musical called Man on the Moon. Is that an uh, Andy Kaufman production? I don't know. I, I, I don't think it is, but it is eventually produced by Andy Warhol, so I got you an Andy in there. Right. But the play lasts just for two days in New York after receiving, uh, well, let's just say it was not well received. Not well received. After that, 1973, Flip moves to London, where Mick Jagger encourages him to record another solo album. Uh, it was to be released on Rolling Stone Records and funded by the RSR distributor Atlantic Records. Jagger, Keith Richards, they produce and play on the album, as well as former Stone Mick Taylor and future Stone Ronnie Wood. Oh, Ronnie Wood. All right. Ronnie Wood's in the back. Got another, uh, you got the, another Stone in there. All right. Good. You're, you, got, you got some clout going. Ronnie Woods in the back there banging stones up. Uh, its project is derailed by Flip's increasing use of cocaine and heroin, which he injects, quote, almost every 15 minutes for two years. You know, when you hear stories like that and you're a drug Seems addict, like a lot. you're like, well, at least I'm not Flip. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, right. I, 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 that guy. <laughs> I should be able to do more. That guy did it every 15 I minutes. I was able to head out to the drive-through, got a pizza, whatever, man. That is at least half hour. Yeah, I had two. I had two hits in the drive-through line. I am twice as good as Flip. 1975, Flip, still living in London, is commissioned to create. People are still giving him work. Commissioned to create a soundtrack for the Nicholas Rogue film, The Man Who Fell to Earth, ah, starring David Bowie. Flip asks Mick Taylor to help out. The film is released in 1976. And I remember the man who fell to earth. People like that. That was that was a good movie. I I Bowie. I am a fan of David Bowie. I like Bowie, but I feel like I have a lot to listen to, a lot to learn. Oh lot to, yeah, me too. And I'm Agreed. good with that. I I look forward to one day 
unlocking that little cool. vault that, weak. that I've never really super, gotten super into. Man. Sorry, Superman. Do I just say sorry, Superman now? Or yeah, yeah. We, s- sorry, Superman, Michelle. Hmm. She was supposed okay, to stop so we over still in included that Michelle. We need to get her on an interview. We need a speak pipe from Superman Michelle. That would be helpful. Speaking of ill will, 1981, Flip's convicted of drug trafficking. So now, subsequently, he and his daughter Mackenzie made the rounds in the media about this big anti-drug campaign that was kind of part of their deal, helping reduce his prison time uh, to only a month in jail. He only spends three weeks. He actually one week off there because he got good behavior. So he was held at Allenwood Prison Camp in Allenwood, Pennsylvania. I believe Allenwood's actually pretty nice. Uh, upon his release, he reforms the Mamas and the Papas. Jesus, bro. With Mackenzie Phillips, uh, Spanky McFarland of the group Spanky and Our Gang, and Denny Doherty again. I can't take anybody named Spanky seriously. <laughs> so, uh, what's your name? Spanky. Nope, not going to buy your car. Can't, not going to. Can't call you that. Not going to uh, hire no. you. Uh, Can you have the other girl make my coffee? Or Hey, I got my, uh, I, I had to go to the police station this morning. Jeez, what is with you? I, I had to go get my fingerprints done. Of course you Yeah, did. I'm going to start teaching young children how to drive cars. They apparently just don't want anybody doing it. I had to go get my fi- a physical. And, like, the only thing that the doctor needed to <laughs> check for the state of Are Michigan alive? to be able to teach people how to drive cars was to make sure I had both my feet. Wow. Left and right? Okay. They needed a doctor to confirm that. Not my hands, not my eyeballs, just my feet. No, man. Just got two feet. Got them. Now nailed you can drive it. those. Totally uh, nailed it. Now you can drive a three-pedaler. All right. Continue. I like a three-pedal three car. Uh, let's see. So we got Mackenzie Spanky and Denny. Uh, throughout the rest of his life, Flip tours with various incarnations of this group. Flip and Wait divorce in 1985 with Terry Melcher, Mike Love, and the former journeyman colleague Scott McKenzie. He co-writes a number one single for the Beach Boys. Take me down to Kokomo. I love that song. It's where I want to go. Well, it was written by Flip Aruba, and three other dudes. Jamaica. Jamaica. Oh, I want to take, wanna it, to take it to Bermuda. Bahamas. Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. mama. Key Largo. Key Largo. Montego. Montego. Baby, why don't we go down to Kokomo? Down to Kokomo. We can get there fast, and then we can take it slow. Wasn't the uncle from house in that band uncle jesse yes he was all right uncle jesse costanopolis or whatever his name was at constellation uh the song is used in the 1988 film cocktail and is nominated for a grammy award now what grammy do you think kokomo was nominated for this one's fun soundtrack yes no close no all right, what was it? Best, best song written specifically for a motion picture or television. Yeah, what'd I say? Best soundtrack. Do they have like 27 different categories for each actual category in that damn genre? I mean, or not yes, that genre, but in for... All right, we got 197,000 trophies to hand out tonight, and we're going to start at <laughs> yesterday at 2 in the morning. Here we Those go. Are the technical awards. That's how that works. Best uh, soft soft drink product placement in a movie in the genre of horror. 
I feel like they have that. They do have like best cover art, like best production, like all sorts of technical categories that you would never think about. And you're like, oh, I won an award. Nice. And this is how we get to a point in our society where we hand trophies out to children. Just whoa, for whoa, participating. Whoa. Let's not go down. Hold just on. Let's for... not go down. <laughs> oh, oh, you showed up one day. All right, we'll give you a trophy. Here you go. You know, people, you can buy a trophy at the store if you want. <laughs> you just go buy Take, one. Take hold. Let's just, just dial it back. Give it to you're your, giving me the twisties. Just give it. Hold on. Just give it to yourself. Just hey, I want a trophy. What'd you win it for? I bought this trophy. Nailed it. You know, in that vein, uh, life is a lot more fun when you realize it doesn't have to be your birthday to buy a birthday cake. <laughs> just saying. You're welcome, everybody. I, I did stop I just, at Donuts Donuts this morning. I had a whole dozen donuts for no reason. I give you that no, freedom. For no sure. reason. I'm an adult. About donuts a, are good. That's a reason. I got, I got a dozen donuts. Why? Because I want to. Because I want them. Yeah. Donuts are good. All right. Uh, well, it's not good. 1992 is drug addiction and years of negative health has caused him to have some problems and he requires a liver transplant. Hey, now, can we except, do something real quick? What What are we doing if now? I'm almost, the, the first, guy's almost dead. What do you want? The first listener that requests oh, okay. a, a, a Donna's Donuts t-shirt, I'll go buy one and send it to him. Why, may, why don't they buy our t-shirt? We don't have any t-shirts yet. We have t-shirts. I'm just saying. Well, okay. Well, you want to go ahead and give away our t-shirts? That's fine. I'm going to give one away for Donuts slash. They're awesome. Music. They're like four-colored t-shirts, Brian. That's amazing. Yeah. I want a Donna's Donuts t-shirt All right. now. Well, you can't. You're that's not That's a whole different thing. Oh, my God. Because I work here? <laughs> Quote. I hate Air that. quotes. Work. <laughs> All right, Donna's Donuts. Hey, I told you, today we're being paid. I'm dead, I'm dead uh, serious. What do they got to do? Write, write the program on the uh, email? Oh, no, leave a speak pipe. There you go. They got, you leave they, a speak they pipe? Leave a speak pipe, and I am uh, somehow with their address We'll We'll contact you. Yeah, we'll uh, contact you. Uh, Don't uh, worry about that. Uh, I'll make uh, that happen. Uh, That's fine. Okay. You do, Are you good with Donna's Donuts? Mm-hmm. Are we done doing Donna's Donuts? Dude, you, they, if it. they get... Yeah, well, I'll get them one. Dude... Don't do me. Uh, Donna's Donuts. I promise. Just like I did with the MySpace. Go ahead. Yeah. Delightful. Uh, several months later, photographs of him drinking alcohol in a bar in Palm Springs, California, are published in the National Enquirer. So it's like, hey, you need a liver transplant. I do. Can I have another beer, please? So he 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 had a he need he need to go get a new liver and he was still drinking? That's correct. They don't give people livers like that. Not when you're drinking, no. unless you're rich and famous. Oh, did he get one? He happens to be, he happens to be both. Uh, I don't know that yet, but let's just say March 14th, 1994, during a Howard Stern interview, uh, he got, oh, yep, during a Howard Stern interview since a transplant, he said, eh, occasionally I have a drink when he is asked that's, by Howard Stern if he still drinks. That's terrible. Not not a real fan at yeah, this point. Yeah, I don't like it's that. It's going to get worse for you. Oh, we're not going to end on a happy note. Uh, February 3rd, 1995, Flip marries his fourth wife. The dude's not a quitter. He keeps trying. Artist Farnaz Arzestev. Nailed it. 
Sure. That's perfect. Flip spent his last years in Palm Spring, California with Farnaz, his fourth wife, January 12th, 1998. The Mamas and the Papas are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Check out Who Cares About the Rock Hall on Pantheon Podcast. On March 18th, 2001, after decades of drinking and drugs, Flip finally flops. He dies of heart failure in Los Angeles at the age of 65, just days after completing recording sessions for a new album. Because that's what musicians always do. At 65. Like, oh, I got new stuff. 65. He's pretty young. That's not long, right? Like, again, I really, I hate this. I don't want to not exist. It's freaking me out. Uh, He's interned at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Cathedral City near Palm Springs. September 2009, eight years after Flip's death. This is going to take a hard turn. His eldest daughter, Mackenzie. Now, do you know who Mackenzie Phillips is or not? Well, didn't you say it had a daughter that was in the Wilson Phillips, like, sort of vein? That's... China Phillips. All right, let's go through the Phillips. This is okay. you got you got China Phillips, who was in Wilson Phillips. Mm-hmm. She was the other one, and then uh, it's like the Pavarotti and what's his name, like in the Three Tenors. You're like and the other one. So she was. There's China Phillips, and there's Bayou Phillips or Bijou Phillips, depending on where you're from. She's an actress, and so you've seen her around. She's kind of got like a resting bitch face, but she's hot. Okay, who who what, what? Bayou Phillips? What was she in? Huh. Um. Oh, uh, freaks and geeks. She's the hot blonde girl. Oh, okay. Bayou Phillips. So she's like a step sister or half sister to China Phillips and those people. And then you have Mackenzie Phillips, and she was in an old late seventies, early eighties TV sitcom, um, One Day at a Time, where. Valerie Bertinelli, and they had this handyman named Schroeder who always wore a jean vest. And do you remember that show at all? I remember the name. About? Do you remember Valerie Bertinelli? You know who she is. She's Eddie Van Halen's wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Do you remember she was on a TV show? And that was like it? A sitcom, like a Three's Company show? Right. And so that, Mackenzie Phillips, was her like skinny sister, like tall, skinny sister character type, you know, like a Chrissy on Three's Company, sort of like. Uh, but they that's where she became famous. So Mackenzie Phillips is Flip's daughter. So cool. I don't wanna I just looked up the Bayou Phillips. She, oh yeah, there you go. She was married to that dude, uh Danny Masterson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, from that seventies show. The, sure. And 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 the guy that kind of got fired a little bit from what was the new Netflix show? The Ranch. The Ranch because he was kind of doing bad things with people he shouldn't be or some weird shit. Uh, yeah, he was accused of being a creeper, and I think that court case is still out. I, I undetermined and no comment from Crime and Music on that. Yeah, but I, I guess um, we've talked about the different Phillipses. I don't think I really yeah. know any of them. Well, I, I mean, mean, that's Hollywood for you, right? Yeah. It's so just uh, just d- diluted nowadays. Yeah. Like, you know, don't think I know alone. Well, here, let me make you not like Flip. So uh, September 2009, eight years after Flip's death, his eldest daughter, Mackenzie, claims that she and her father had a 10-year incestuous and abusive relationship. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Mackenzie wrote. Mackenzie wrote the relationship, which she said began when she was 19 years old in 1979. Uh, She said the abuse began after Flip raped her while they were both under the influence of heavy narcotics on the eve of her first marriage. 
that's such a sad story. That's that's it's yeah, that's gets it gets worse. September twenty oh, third, two thousand and nine. Can I just take the headphones off then? Please set them on the table for a minute. <laughs> Mackenzie Phillips said that her father injected her with cocaine and heroin. And according to Phillips, the incestuous relationship ended when she became pregnant and did not know who the father was. So uh, she said she had her doubts that led to her having an abortion, which Flip paid for. She states, quote, I never let him touch me again. And uh, Genevieve Waite, Flip's first wife at the time, denies the allegations, saying they were inconsistent with his character. And Michelle Phillips, his second wife, this is actually why you have a bunch of wives, she also stated that she had, quote, every reason to believe Mackenzie's account is untrue. Now, China Phillips, uh, Michelle Phillips' daughter, stated that she believed Mackenzie's claim and that Mackenzie first told her about it back in a phone call in 97. So that's 11 years after the supposed relationship ended. This is getting weird. Bayou Phillips, Mackenzie's half-sister, heard it from her father's marriage to Genevieve Waite, and uh, she stated that Mackenzie informed her of the relationship when she was only 13, and that information kind of messed her up in her teenage years, and she's like, I lost my innocence that day, leaving her weary of her father. She also said, quote, I'm 29 now. I talked to everyone who was around during that time. I've asked the hard questions. I don't believe my sister. Uh, our father was many things. This is not one of them. That's a lot of work to even think about. Dude. Um, I, as, as a casual listener of this family's story, I choose yeah. not to think about it. We're, where are you landing? All right. Well, all right. Hold on. A couple more things here. Jessica Wood, daughter of Denny Doherty, said that her father told her that he knew, quote, the awful truth and that he thought uh, he was horrified with what Flip had done and uh, didn't want to leave it on that note. So how we'll end this up is on June 25th, 2019, uh, Flip is listed among the hundred of artists whose material was reportedly destroyed in the 2008 Universal Studio Lot Fire. I, I was thinking about that subject the other night, Ryan. And, That's awesome. And we have we have referenced this Lot Fire. Oh, dozens of for times. a long time now. Yeah. This is like an MCU movie. <laughs> and we're all just, just dancing around Thanos. Weaving Thanos is the law we're... fire. <laughs> oh, inevitable. Eventually, we uh, got to get to uh, the last two movies and have a have a a story about the lot fire. Because let's just all agree that was a crime, whether it was on accident or on purpose. It was a crime. Can we just I get to a, this? a crime against music? That's for sure. It is a, and that lot fire had affected more celebrity than oh yeah Thanos snapped out of existence. <laughs> the blip. It was yeah. the blip. Yeah, no man, you're not wrong. So yeah, I think there's a good analogy All there, right. don't you? I think there is. I think you might be right. I think you're onto something there. All right. All right. All right, I don't know if it's good or not, but we're going to wrap up the show like we do with the quote from J.P. Papa John Edmund Andrew Phillips himself. Quote, traditionally, songwriters can't sing, and that holds true in my case also. J.P. Papa John Edmund Andrew Phillips, everybody. Woo! Woo! 
So uh, there you go. What'd you think about Papa John Phillips? Well, I suppose I didn't know n- anything about the guy. Anything, anything. Because I think anytime you hear the mamas and papas, you Me think of one person. Right and I guess down. I did. I I I didn't Take know the that there's that West intimate of a tie-in with the Phillips uh, name. And then I found some of the yeah, stuff no, about the Phillips. Yeah, he's the patriarch of the, f- the, yeah, the Phillips' family. Yeah, it's a bummer how it kind of ends there. Because yeah. you're like, oh, it's pretty interesting. He's got some interesting things, the military family, and like some of the. He just, he just gives up on stuff real easy, but yet still kind of makes it. You're like, huh, all right. Still hope for me. So, but now, yeah, then right? at the end, all that stuff that you know how much I hate. Eh, yeah, sour, a little yeah, sour, sorry. a little sour. No, on the guy. I know that's why I had to leave with the I had to end with a lot fire, just so you had something to hang on. Which to. Which I do so. like a lot. That that is actually a great way to tell a story. You have you have the audience's uh, uh, intrigue the entire time, and oh, then yeah. all of a sudden it got dark. But then right at Afraid the end, so. like after the credits, you lot put a lot fire in there. Boom. <laughs> we're we're back now. Baby. We're back. I can't wait to see um, Iron Man in the suit again. Oh. No, I can't. I actually have to bring you down. We have to talk about a serious matter. We have a serious matter to discuss on the Crime and Music Podcast. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually pretty serious. Uh, I have been informed after months and months of trying to figure out what has happened that Skittles, our podcast poet, has retired. What? What? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I know, everybody. We got the booze going. No, what? Um... Yeah. If no, anybody's uh, if anybody's listening right now <clears throat> with me, yeah. we're all in the same yeah. boat. I have no idea what Brian's talking about, and I don't really like <sighs> don't really like Brian right now. What? Yeah, no, I'm so sorry, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after years of being a loyal listener and again the official podcast poet unofficial, we never made him official. Maybe that's why I retired. Damn it. It was my fault all along. No, Skittles has informed me that uh he is having a hard time keeping his pin pan firm. And uh, he must retire. So to get back to the mean streets and uh, to to keep his his hood, well, his. Well, well, what can we do to reverse the situation? (sighs) No, well, all I can say, everybody, is if uh, you would like to be the podcast poet, that position is uh, potentially open for you. So just leave us a speak pipe of any type of of musical poetry or any type of poetry at all, and uh, we will definitely put you in consideration for for the new position of new skittles you're using the word we as in you and i all a little well, little, the, little the royal we a little bit i i i i'm gonna hold out my champion is still gonna be skittles <gasps> oh i'm gonna you're holding the, hold, you're saying there's a chance i'm gonna hold out <laughs> for him and if someone wants to come out and dethrone him well, well, listen. Challenge. Well, you got to do go. better than what he's done. That's a tall order. And yeah, check some episodes. And guys. I, Skittles is a, is a force. I will leave the gate open for him to reclaim his throne, defend his honor, take his title back at any moment. He has earned that <laughs> at least. So every once in a while, the Gotham City will get overrun by the bad guys they will take yeah. and shadow yeah. through the light that has been opened up by batman but after years and years and years of downtrodden heresy skittles might come through and he could bring us back to that equilibrium that we know and love that he's given us so many times 
I tell you, woo! You you've got me inspired. There might be hope yet for Skittles. I, I'll I'll hold on to hope. That's awesome, but, man. I tell you. I, I hold out hope, but I would encourage any listener, if you've ever dreamed that you would like to be like Skittles and leave us a speak pipe, go to our website, crimeandmusic.com, and say, I'm the new Skittles, and this is my rap, well, poetry. Well, either whatever you want, man. I mean, you know. Maybe somebody, but, can, uh, yeah. maybe somebody can come up with something more original than Skittles, like, like um, M&M's. Don't be talking bad about Skittles. Like M&M's. Don't be talking, oh. Yeah, right. Maybe there's a guy out there that could be named Eminem or something. He come out with some better rap or something. Uh, And because we talked about retirement and Skittles, uh, it's time for some feedback. All right. And this is an extra special feedback because... From the studios of Crime and Music, it's time for the Erie Canal Soda Pop Report! Now, if you are new to our show, for some reason, we get a large amount of comments on one particular episode. It's the Erie Canal Soda Pop episode. It's unexplainable. It's on, I, this I, is coming. I, we honestly don't know why. We don't know I have why. No idea. We don't encourage it. We don't really. I mean, we love it, but it's not like. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I don't it. think it's our. It's amazing. I don't think it's our best episode. I don't even think. Oh, I think it is now. Well, <laughs> so for some reason, people. No, have I know what you're saying. Keyed on this episode. I love We're it. We're gonna let it roll. It must have you, been just the best time got, every got, time, dude. I've got. 12 of these right now man i mean there's a bunch in the queue you, so you want to talk about it bring it on bring, you'll, we'll put the but uh okay we'll let the best float to the surface you'll get on the air <laughs> whatever <laughs> this particular Soda uh, festival of music continue Soda bull island festival we have a youtube comment from harry balls <laughs> of course we do oh Everyone's a Ted fan until he sets his guitar down and starts talking. Then we're like, what a fucktard. Harry Balls, everybody. <laughs> who, who, is he talk- was that, who is he talking about there referencing? Uncle Uncle Ted. Okay, a little Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, so. you might not like what Ted Nugent stands for, who he is, what he has to say, but that dude would come into any studio any day, dude could any time of the day, Lay down Ooh, a track yeah. one time, no edit, and it would be spot freaking on. Yeah, 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 no. That's Uncle Ted, everybody. But, but again, much like Harry Balls tells us, he, once he starts talking about something <laughs> and it's not about music, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then he buddy. opens his mouth. Slow down. Hit the pause button. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't know. If, I think we've referenced this earlier in our shows. A few friends and I all think that Ted Nugent, when driving around in his car, or probably a truck, probably a big truck, sure. is listening to Ted Nugent on, Ted Nugent. <laughs> Ted Nugent on the radio. <laughs> he has got a six-disc CD changer 
full of Ted Nugent on that radio. Loaded up, Ted. Yeah. Which I get. I listen to our stuff, Brian. I mean, it's not on repeat, but I do listen to it. It's quality control. Yeah. It's quality Juicy. control. I got to do yeah. it. All right? I got to do it. So, man, because we're, we're, <laughs> we're telling too many truths now uh, and we listen to our own stuff. Uh, it's time to wrap it up for another episode of Crime and Music. If you'd like to leave your own feedback, go to crimeandmusic.com. Leave a speak pipe voice message. Uh, find us on social medias at Crime and Music, damn near everywhere. We love hearing from you guys. Honestly, it's super fun when you guys talk with us. If you'd like to leave us a review, that would be helpful, like we talked about. Wherever you get your podcast, just go leave a review. Uh, ben requests emojis, so if you can actually input an emoji um do that and that'll be fun uh man do you got anything else uh no okay that's a no uh so (laughs) (laughs) with that like the song says never trust a big butt and a smile i'm running out of things to say here It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.